The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. It's football. I've been watching it for 40 years. Are you kidding me? You're listening to Winning Cures Everything. Game day, baby. Wake up or get out. Here's your host. A confident young man. A superb athlete. Gary Seegers. That's right. Welcome in. Winning Cures Everything. I am your host, Gary Seekers. You can follow me on Twitter at GaryWCE. And today is the Thursday, October 6th edition of the show. Hopefully everybody is having a wonderful week thus far. Uh, lots of college football things to get into. We're going to stroll through the news very quickly. Uh, not a lot of things that we're going to go in-depth on, but we'll hit some nuggets, of course, before, uh, before we end up getting out of this thing. So uh, we do, of course, our preview and all of our picks and predictions. I uh, give you an analysis of all the games that we don't discuss on the BetUS College Football Show. For anybody that follows this show, you should be following the BetUS College Football Show. That's where I make my official picks on Tuesdays and Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. So make sure that you are subscribed over on that channel. The show, each and every time out, is powered by BetUS. It's America's premier online sports book. They are, in fact, where the game begins so make sure that you check that out. There's a link in the description. You clicking that would help me out significantly. If you've not already, go ahead and like the video and subscribe to the channel. And if you're listening on podcast, make sure that you are subscribed there. All those downloads, etc., certainly help out. So make sure that you are subscribed. Leave a nice five-star review. Those things help out quite a bit as well, uh, algorithmically, if I'm saying that correctly. So let's go ahead and dive in. Topic number one here, uh, Max Johnson. Texas A&M quarterback has a broken bone in his hand, according to sources. Uh, it could be season-ending. He will not be playing against uh, Alabama this weekend. So you got Haynes King, and you got Connor Wigman, uh, who is the five-star freshman that has not played thus far this season. I think they were hoping to use him uh, as a red shirt. basically. Uh, may not have that option anymore. We'll see what happens with Haynes King, if he's able to do some things, obviously electric player, but sometimes makes uh, bad decisions with the football against Alabama's defense. That could be critical. We'll see what ends up happening, but Max Johnson, broken bone in his throwing hand, that's per Ian Fitzsimmons, and then was uh, I guess, what's the word? Confirmed by Brett McMurphy among other people as well. So yeah, no Max Johnson in Tuscaloosa this weekend. Along with that, uh, let's talk about Jimbo Fisher's buyout. And I actually pulled this up. Uh, not going to put it on the screen, but Jim Weber talked about it. And this is actually from over at Saturday Down South. His buyout is ginormous. I know that there's already people talking about the fact that, uh, you know, it, it, maybe Texas A&M should look at firing him or buying him out or whatever because he can't seem to get the most out of this super talented roster. Here is the breakdown. After this season, if they were to let him go, $85.9 million. That's the buyout. After next season, 76.8. After 2024, 67.5. After 2025, 58.2 million. After 2026, 48.75 million. Uh, after 27, 39.2. 28, 29.55. After 2029, it drops to 19.8 million after 2030. He's at 9.95 million dollars that they would owe him. Uh, this was not a good idea for this contract because you knew if things went south, they were going to have to find a way to go in a different direction. And cheers to him. I mean, I, I know that if they decide to, they will have the money to be able to buy out of this thing. But man, you want to talk about just a ton of money? Uh, that is. That is insane. That's so much money. So, yeah, this year, if they decide to buy out of him after this season, and I would it, obviously they will at least get him through next season, but at the end of 2023, 
it's still $76.8 million. So my guess is that Jimbo ain't going nowhere and they're going to find a bunch of different ways to fix this. He is going to be the CEO. A&M did what they had to do to get a national championship winning coach in there, and he has not exactly lived up to expectations. But, I mean, I would say that that's all his fault, but it may not just be his fault, right? They may have, by paying him that much, they may have been expecting more than what he can actually provide. So we'll see. We will see. Uh, Quinn Ewers is back for Texas. Officially announced, Steve Sarkeesian said that he will be back playing this weekend. Uh, he had a a pretty a pretty big injury to his non-throwing shoulder, uh, but he's been dressed for every weekend since that Alabama game, and he will be on the on the sidelines. He will be on the field for the Texas Longhorns against Oklahoma this weekend. Still no word on Dylan Gabriel as of yet. And that, I think, is the biggest part of this game. I don't think it would have mattered if it's Hudson Card or Quinn Ewers. I really think it's just... It's the fact that Dylan Gabriel is probably not going to play in this game because there has been nothing out of Norman about that. Uh, Who knows what that offense is going to look like for Oklahoma without Dylan Gabriel running it. Uh, There's not a lot of depth there. What we saw from uh, Bevel last week against TCU, yikes. Uh, I I would not want to be in the Sooners' shoes right now, for sure. Will Levis. It was announced last night uh, by uh, Matt over at KSR. Um, Will Levis is going to be a game-time decision against South Carolina. That line opened at 11.5. It has been bet all the way down to 6. We'll probably talk about that a little more here in a minute, of course, in the picks and previews. But, yeah, uh, that is that's scary because... Kentucky, uh, their backup quarterback was the backup at Iowa, or was one of the backups at Iowa. So, yeah, I I don't know what to make of that. Uh, I'm not sure what that Kentucky offense is without Will Levis right now. I mean, they they have trouble running the football. That offensive line is not great. If you don't have Will Levis throwing the ball to Tavion Robinson, it could be tricky there. Uh, South Carolina, I would imagine they could make enough mistakes against that defense uh, in order to still get a Kentucky cover, but man, uh, that's that's going to be an interesting game. Interesting game Saturday night. And finally, I uh, wanted to bring this up. Uh, this was very interesting, and I had the article pulled up. Uh, I'll need to actually pull it up again, but Mike Leach, uh, we'll probably talk more about this next week, but Mike Leach uh, has a plan to, an ambitious plan to fix NIL. Now, Ross Dellinger uh, released this last night, and he stopped over in uh, Starkville and talked to Mike Leach about it. And the Mississippi State coach said it's time to give players a choice and let college football embrace a pro model. Okay, uh, he said this should not be a masquerade party of professionals. Are you a professional or are you not? According to Leach, he said instead of sitting here and having seventeen-year-olds lecture everybody that they're professionals, we'll let them be professionals. Uh, It's one or the other. Right now, we've got this whole mysterious stratosphere of people wiggling all over back and forth. Uh, What he says is, um, with professionals comes responsibility. Uh, You'll potentially make more money, but you're drafted and can be traded. That's what professionals do. This college football group, they're shocked by that. Why are you shocked? Name one league of professionals who does not do it that way. I don't think he's wrong. Um and uh, don't get me wrong, this is not just Leach that says that Lane Kiffin called it legalized cheating, uh, but which it's it's not cheating if it's legal, right? I mean, it's you know, uh, this whole thing is is crazy. Uh, Clemson, of course, told Sports Illustrated back in April that this whole system needs to be blown up, but Leach's plan is to categorize two kinds of college athletes: amateurs and professionals. Is it it like it's similar concept used in professional golf tournaments, et cetera? Uh, Amateurs can compete, but they can't win the cash prizes. Under Leach's plan, amateurs follow similar rules currently applied to college athletics. They are unpaid. They can freely transfer. They can do whatever. Uh, Amateurs would receive a $100,000 bonus once they graduate from the school with which they originally signed. If you transfer, you'd give up the right to earn the bonus. Choosing to be professionals would be, uh, you'd be paid from a salary, or excuse me, paid a salary from the school you would sign a binding contract and could be traded and cut from the team. They still must attend school. 
School salary pools are structured similar to the NFL, where franchises are limited in their spending. He said it's not where the biggest and richest school pays the most money for them that destroys the game. The NFL has a salary cap. Uh, Yeah, I, I don't think he's wrong here. Like, this is a very interesting concept, but I don't think it's going to happen. I mean, obviously, Leach comes up with stuff like this all the time, right? But, man, when you've got conferences like the Big Ten that are earning $1.1 billion annually, yeah, you're going to have some different ideas as to how to make this thing actually work because as it sits, nobody really knows what the rules are. Right, And I think that's the biggest problem that we've got is nobody actually knows the rules. So we'll see. Uh, it, it's it's very interesting to say the least. But yeah, uh, cheers to Mike Leach for at least trying to come up with something. Uh, we are going to do the college football week six preview coming up right after this. Let's check out some things you should know about. College football is back. BetUS TV has you covered every Tuesday and Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern. We've got expert game analysis to help you make informed decisions before kickoff only on the BetUS TV College Football Channel. Visit winningcureseverything.com to find everything you need to know about us, including full shows in video or podcast form, gambling picks, merch, the gear we use, and more. If you want more content from me, Gary, visit BetUSTV.com. I host the How to Gamble on Sports Show and, from August through January, the BetUS College Football Show. You can subscribe to both on YouTube. If you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, or whatever's your favorite podcast app. And if your app allows it, leave a five-star written review. Visit the Winning Cures Everything web store to get all kinds of football shirts, hats, hoodies, mugs, and more. Visit winningcureseverything.com slash store to see what all we've added. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc and now back to the show all right that's i i swear to you i'm having to click these video buttons uh because we haven't gotten everything triggered yet on our broadcasting software it's just irritating just irritating uh but anyway Let's move along. Where is college game day going for week number seven? Now, I have piled through the schedule. Obviously, a lot of this uh, will happen based on what happens in week six. We just saw that last week in week five where we thought there was a possibility where they would go to Tuscaloosa if A&M were to beat Mississippi State, et cetera, et cetera. But I did bring up the caveat that if TCU were to upset Oklahoma and if Kansas were to upset Iowa State, that's where they would go, and that is exactly where they went. They went to Lawrence because Kansas State got an outright win as an underdog. TCU got an outright win as an underdog, and that's the way it goes. Uh, I am looking at this. My guess is that USC and Utah will both win their games this weekend against UCLA and Washington State, respectively, and they will make their first trip out west next week, and they will go to Utah for USC at Utah. It will be their first chance to be able to catch up with Lincoln Riley, uh, to be able to uh, kind of showcase that USC brand. That is what I am imagining is going to happen. Uh, you've also got some other options, though. Next week, pretty big week as far as big games. Penn State at Michigan. Now, that is one that Fox's uh, big noon kickoff will be at. So, something to pay attention to. You've also got, if Tennessee beats LSU, an undefeated matchup. If And, of course, if Alabama beats Texas A&M. Uh, but Alabama at Tennessee. 
top 10 undefeated matchup. Big time possibility there. They've already been to Tennessee. So that maybe puts a little bit more... Uh, it, maybe maybe they don't focus on that one as much because they already went to Knoxville a few weeks ago. NC State at Syracuse. Yes, NC State just had the loss to Clemson, but this game is at Syracuse. If I am not mistaken, I don't think College Game Day has been to Syracuse. Um, and I'll, I'll try and double-check that. I hadn't had a lot of time today, but that's a possibility. I mean, Syracuse will be undefeated. If NC State beats Florida State, uh, if you have some other things happen, some other losses that are unexpected happen, yeah, I don't think it's outside of the realm of possibilities that they end up in Syracuse uh, with a fan base that is pretty fired up. Now, there's more people that are excited about Kansas's run, but Syracuse being undefeated at this point in the season is pretty awesome. And so... Cheers to that. Uh, and then, of course, you've got Oklahoma State and TCU. If TCU beats Kansas and if Oklahoma State wins their game against Texas Tech this weekend, then you could end up with an undefeated top 15, top 10 maybe matchup uh, between TCU and Oklahoma State, and that could be very interesting. So something to pay attention to. Um, looking at the college game day Wikipedia, I don't see... They have been to Syracuse games, but it's always somewhere else. Syracuse has never hosted. They are one of the schools that has not hosted. Uh, it's a possibility. NC State gets a win over Florida State. Yeah. I mean, they'll be in the top 25. Syracuse will be in the top 25. Uh, you get Utah beat this weekend? A very strong possibility they could end up there instead of at Michigan because uh, they're, they're going to have more opportunities for Michigan, if I'm not mistaken. So, And, and not to mention the fact that they – are at Michigan all the time. So why would you continue on with that? All right, moving right along. The biggest brand games this weekend. What games are going to get the highest TV ratings? And it's kind of a hodgepodge because the schedule, as you saw on Tuesday's show with the viewing guide, is all over the place. You've got a ton of big games in the night slot. you got a ton of big games in the afternoon. Uh, I'm going to tell you what I think are going to get the highest ratings. Number one, I think Texas A&M and Alabama ends up getting the highest rating. CBS in a night slot is going to... I mean, there's more people that can pick up that station than any other channel. I would imagine that that ends up getting the highest ratings. BYU at Notre Dame. I'm going to put that at number two. I think BYU fans getting to watch their team on a, a you know, a, not a cable network, uh, but an over-the-air network. Uh, I think that's going to be huge, and I think that's going to end up being a pretty close game. If that game is close with those two fan bases, I think it's going to do a huge number. Um, I do think Ohio State at Michigan State, regardless of the number, that being the afternoon game on ABC, I think it's going to draw huge numbers because Ohio State always does big numbers. Uh, Washington State at USC, that's another night game. It's on Fox, USC. If that game is pretty tight, there's going to be a lot of people tuned in to see whether or not Lincoln Riley's team takes their first loss. So, uh, number five on this list, I've got Tennessee at LSU. That's ESPN. It's a noon Eastern time kick. That one's going to draw some eyeballs. That's two big-time brands. It's a ranked matchup. I, I fully expect a lot of eyeballs on that one. So, that's number five for me. The most exciting games of the weekend. Very interesting here. Uh, I've got Tennessee LSU. As number one, I think you're going to see a lot of explosive plays. I think this game could be pretty tight. I, I like LSU's defense, even without Banks in the secondary. Uh, I'm just curious about that offense. What is that offense going to look like? But Tennessee's defense, as we have seen, uh, Anthony Richardson threw for more yards against them than he had thrown in his other three games combined. Uh, there's holes in that defense. Now, Tim Banks is going to bring a lot of pressure and whatnot and see what LSU can actually do. But, uh, yeah, I I think that's going to be a pretty tight ball game. Uh, I think BYU-Notre Dame can end up being close. Uh, Maryland-Purdue is going to be exciting for sure. Uh, I'm not sure what to make of either one of those teams just yet, so we'll see what happens there. Utah-UCLA, yes, absolutely in the Rose Bowl. I think that one could be very exciting. And Miami-North Carolina, you want some big plays? Uh, how about two defenses? And I know that Miami's got a couple of guys that are coming back to their secondary that are certainly going to help with those passes that just go over the top like Middle Tennessee was dropping on them constantly. But North Carolina, uh, their offense certainly travels. Their defense does not. Their defense does not exist. And Miami is going to try and get Tyler Van Dyke going. Uh, they got some guys coming back healthy this week. I like 
that game to be uh, high scoring and pretty exciting. So uh, the most to gain and the most to lose this week. This is another interesting question. USC and Utah both. Um, you got you got the most to gain and the most to lose with these two teams, right? Both of them, uh, Utah with a chance to host game day next week. USC, of course, uh, trying to continue leading the Pac-12 right now, continuing this undefeated streak that they've started with Lincoln Riley in his first season. That one's going to be pretty big. Now, also, on the other side, UCLA. Uh, UCLA wants to be a Pac-12 contender this year. If you are going to do that, you got to win your home games, even if it's Utah coming in. I know they have not had recent success against Utah, but I don't think this Utah defense is all it has been held up to be so far this season. That defensive line can be got. I think the linebackers, while still really good, maybe not great in coverage, there's ways that they could take advantage of that Utah defense. So I want to see what version of Dorian Thompson-Robinson shows up in this one. Uh, The next one I've got for most to gain or most to lose, Kansas uh, or TCU. One of those is going to be the driver in the Big 12 right now. And I understand Oklahoma State fans don't get mad at me. I'm just telling you, those that, those are the teams that have the hype right now. So whichever team wins this weekend in Lawrence is going to be in the driver's seat in the Big 12. So uh, especially with TCU hosting Oklahoma State next week. That's a, that's a pretty big spot. So yeah, uh, lots of teams with most to gain, most to lose for next week. The most likely 10-point underdog to win outright this weekend. So the most likely double-digit dog to win outright. And I've got a few options that I'm going to toss out there. Missouri plus 11 at Florida. Nothing that Florida has done, even against Eastern Washington last week, has led me to believe that they can really blow anybody out. Uh, And yet, I don't know how much Missouri has left in the tank after putting up a fight against Georgia last week and after losing in such an emotional just wreckage against Auburn two weeks ago where they just gave that game away. Um, But I I never count out Eli Drinkwitz, right? That's the biggest thing. Like, I I don't like this roster. I don't think they are set up to win in the SEC. But would it surprise me if they got a win at Florida? Absolutely not. I could absolutely see Anthony Richardson throwing a couple interceptions, etc. Missouri may be running one of those things back, finding a way to score some points. I, I like Eli Drinkwitz as a play caller. He's very creative, so that one could be interesting. Uh, James Madison at Arkansas State. This run for James Madison has been incredible. However, Arkansas State at home in Jonesboro, no, this team is not great. Don't get me wrong. Butch Jones is still working on some things there, but James Blackman, that quarterback, has been... Uh, extremely competent thus far this season. That's a very interesting matchup to watch out for. Uh, how does James Madison travel here? What What is the situation? I, I think that one could be a little trickier than people think it is. Akron plus 11 at Ohio. Yeah, in-state rivalry. Joe Moorhead, I think, has the coaching advantage over Tim Albin. Uh, I, think, I don't think that the roster is great for Akron. Those are guys that are still learning how to win, and Ohio's offense can be explosive uh, with Rourke at quarterback, but I, I think Ohio can make some mistakes. I think Akron, uh, with DJ Irons, the quarterback, I think that he in uh, that offense, who have just been putting up yards like crazy, they start finding ways to get into the end zone. Yeah, they could absolutely win that game. Uh, two more here, Arizona plus 13.5 against Oregon. Look, I'm never counting out Jaden DeLora and Jacob Cowan. And, and Bo Nix on the road, not great. So I think Arizona could absolutely win that game outright. And Washington State plus 12.5 at USC. If USC does not get turnovers, hmm, very interesting. Jake Dickert, very, very respected as far as a defensive play caller. He has called some pretty crazy, pretty interesting and creative uh, defenses thus far at Washington State. I mean, they've already gone on the road and beat Wisconsin. And I understand Wisconsin is not great, but that's still a massive win for that program. They've done some big things. They have done some massive things there. So, yeah, I'm I'm interested in that one. Uh, as far as the G5 game of the week, this is where it gets fun. UTSA and Western Kentucky. That one, of course, in San Antonio on Saturday morning. Uh, that's always a track meet. It's in the Alamo Dome, so it's domed. It's, there's no weather that you got to worry about, anything like that. It's a fast track. Both of these teams like to run a lot of offense. 
uh, or they're really good at offense. I'll say that. And the defense is eh, a little bit to be desired there. So Western Kentucky at UTSA is one of the G5 games of the week. Another one, Southern Miss at Troy. This one could be very interesting. It's a Sun Belt matchup now. It is not It is a conference matchup. Uh, I love Troy's defensive line. I want to see how they hold up against that Southern Miss rushing attack. Uh, Ty Keyes got some issues. Of course, the Southern Miss quarterback, he's got a cast on his right arm right now. Uh, Southern Miss's linebacker is out for that game. And yet, Will Hall still seems to find ways to be competitive in ballgames. So I'm, I'm curious about that. And then, of course, on Friday night, UNLV heads to San Jose State. UNLV has been an absolute story so far this year. Absolute story. They are really, really interesting. So I am curious to see how UNLV, with that quarterback, Doug Brumfield, uh, how, how him and Robbins, the running back, do against that San Jose State defensive line, who's got some studs on it. It's a pretty good football team down there. Uh, Cordero, the quarterback, has also been pretty impressive for San Jose State. Uh, that line opened, I think, four and a half, all the way out to seven. I mean, hmm, I don't know about that. I don't know about that two and a half points of line movement, but yeah, we'll see. If San Jose State is the real deal, they will win this ball game easily. If they're not, UNLV presents some issues. I will certainly say that. All right, let's uh, let's knock this out. On the other side, we are hitting the college football pick'em for week number six. All of the under radar or under the radar picks. Let's check out some things you should know about. Follow the show on Twitter at Winning Cures, and you can follow Gary at Gary WCE. You can also follow on Facebook. Got your own podcast or web show? Looking to start one, or you're just curious how we look and sound so good? Well, we've got all the gear that we use listed on our gear page on the website. If you order using our links, you'll be supporting the show, too. Subscribe on YouTube to get not only full Winning Cures Everything shows, but individual segments and other goodies as well. We're over 6,000 subscribers, and our goal by the end of the year is 7,500. If you're interested in advertising on a show that reaches over 80,000 unique football fans per month during the season, send an email to Gary at winningcureseverything.com and we'll put together a plan that best fits you or your business. And now, back to the show. All right. Let's see. The college football pick them against the spread for week number six. Uh, it is brought to you by BetUS, of course, and we also have a new sponsor. Let me go on and tell you about uh, Valtimeri Surf Company. These guys are awesome. They've got great shirts. Uh, I have worn the shirts. You can go check them out over at uh, ValtimeriSurfCo.com. It's V-A-L-T-A-M-E-R-I-S-U-R-F-C-O.com. Uh, I will have a link in the description for that, so make sure that you go and check it out. But yeah, uh, you can use the code Gary10, G-A-R-Y-1-0, for 10% off of your order. Uh, these guys are great. I mean, they've got uh, super soft, high-quality shirts. They're a lot of fun to wear. It's uh, it's basically like the laid-back vibe of a beach town uh, along with your college town. So they've got all the different ones for whatever the team is, Tuscaloosa, uh, Starkville, uh, Columbus, etc. Go and check it out. Valtimeri Surf Company. There's a link in the description. Use that promo code GARY10. It's going to get you 10% off of your order so go ahead and make sure that you check that out. Those guys are phenomenal. Uh, they've treated me well, and they will treat you well also. Uh, but if you if they don't have your uh, college town, basically, they will do a custom one for you. Just email them. They will detail it. They will get it knocked out for you. Very easy to do. These guys are great. Um, very easy to do. So go ahead, sign up. Again, promo code Gary10 over there. All right, let's dive into these games. We've got a lot to get into with it uh, should be should be a lot of fun. Should be a lot of fun with these. These are the games that I did not hit on the BetUS College Football Show. Of course, we hit 18 games over there this week. I'm going to hit 12 here, and I'm going to kind of do it in rapid-fire fashion. So let's start off with number one. Louisville heads to Virginia, and Virginia currently a three-point home dog. The total sits at 51 it's at 12 p.m. Eastern Time on the ACC Network. Louisville two and six against the spread in their last eight against Virginia. Uh, Virginia one and five against the spread in their last six overall. Louisville, however, not much better. Two and five, or excuse me, yeah, two and five 
uh, against the spread in their last seven. Louisville has not been great. Uh, obviously, that's been highlighted by the fact that they lost to Boston College last week, who is just awful. If you look at the numbers on the screen here, um, Louisville, I mean, my numbers have them favored by 9.44. Now, part of the problem here is that, man, uh, I, I just I don't know about... I, I just wonder. I just wonder about um, what they can actually accomplish. Here, we'll turn a little music on in the background. Um, Malik Cunningham not playing in this game. Like, they, there's a big possibility of that. If they don't have him, I'm not sure what to make of this team. So, yeah, I can I can look at the stats all I want to, but it's not going to tell me what I need to know. Uh, Virginia can't pass the football. Their offensive line is atrocious. They're number 120 in havoc rate allowed. Uh, Louisville's actually pretty good at that on, on defense. They're number 55 there. Uh, as far as stopping the run, like, Virginia's pretty good at running the football. Louisville can't stop the run. They're num- number 99 in PPA uh, per rush. Um, even knowing all of this, like, looking at what Louisville does on offense, looking at how Louisville runs the ball, etc., I... I still think Louisville is the better football team. I'm going to bank on Malik Cunningham actually playing in this game. So I'm going to take Louisville to cover the three here. Uh, But man, if he doesn't play, I mean, this this is a coin flip if I've ever seen one. And I might actually lean towards Virginia. So yeah, that's, that's a weird spot. Very, very weird spot. All right. Now, uh, so yes, I will take Louisville to cover three against Virginia this weekend. Next on the docket. We'll go on and pull this thing up. Indiana heads to Michigan. Excuse me. It's Michigan at Indiana. Um, Yeah, Michigan won three and one against the spread their last five against Indiana. Uh, Indiana is a 22.5 point home dog here. The total is 59.5. It's 12 p.m. Eastern time on Fox, by the way. Michigan 4-0 against the spread their last four on the road. Uh, along with that, Indiana one and four against the spread. Uh, nope, one and seven against the spread in their last eight at home. It's not been good. Indiana plays fast, like really, really fast, and they're not exactly super efficient on offense. Uh, so more opportunities, I think, for Michigan to be able to score points here than normal. Uh, this I, I've got thirty point two eight here. Um, I don't know that I would trust that number. Um, but at the same time, uh, why would you not? Like, I think Michigan got tired of Indiana playing close games with them. And this team uh, looked really good early against Iowa last week. I think they're going to be able to do the same thing at Indiana. I, I really think that they are going to be able to shut down this offense. Uh, because the only thing that they've really got, uh, as far as Indiana goes, is DJ Matthews, who uh, has been dealing with, you know, he's a little banged up again. Um, they're not great passing the ball. You know, number 105 in passing success rate. And they're number 52 in passing explosiveness. So they either hit big plays or they don't do anything. And that's that's tricky because I don't think you're going to get a lot of big plays against Michigan. So go ahead and give me Michigan to cover the 22 here. I I like this Wolverines team. Like, no, they're not the most talented bunch in the world, but they got some good chemistry. I like Blake Corum running the ball. Uh, this seems like a really, really good team. So I will certainly ride with the Wolverines. Moving along, Missouri heads to Florida, and Florida is an 11-point favorite. Of course, latest line over at BetUS. It's 12 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN. Going to pull up the stats here and show you what I got. Uh, I'm almost right there. I mean, I'm almost right on the dot. 10.39 here. Um, And I'll tell you, I'm not sure what to make here. The favorite in this matchup, you know, head-to-head is 5-2 and two against the spread in the last seven. Missouri 7-3 and three against the spread in their last ten games, which I think some people would be surprised about. Uh, but along with that, Florida is 2-6 and six against the spread in their last eight at home. Now, that does include a lot of last year's games in which, man, the Mullen era just fizzled out in such a quick way. It was so ridiculous. But I, I look at this matchup now, and I, I see ways that Florida could absolutely lose this game, right? There are There's ways they could do it. Uh, these two teams are not great as far as PPA margin, which is uh, basically an efficiency metric. How good, how good are you on offense and defense? Um, 
not not good for either one of these teams. <laughs> number 98 for Florida, number 112 for Missouri. But what I'm looking at is Missouri's defense, number 45 uh, in defensive PPA per drive. Uh, they're, they're pretty good against the pass. They're pretty good against the rush. And this is over the last four games. That includes the game against Kansas State. I, I'm, I'm a little bit shocked at this, honestly. Um, their offense is putrid. They can't run the ball. Uh, they can't throw the ball. They did have a little bit of success last week against Georgia, uh, but overall, I just I don't trust I don't trust the players on that team. I don't trust that offense. Um, I'm going to go Florida here. Give me Florida to cover 11. That's three straight favorites that I'm taking. So we'll we'll see what happens with that. But um, I just don't think that Missouri has a whole lot left in the tank. I mean, after such an emotional, uh, just bad loss at Auburn, where they just gave the game away multiple times. They came back, they fought hard against Georgia, and they got beat in the closing seconds to the number one team in the country. I I think that I would actually trust Florida to be able to get this done here. I think they're going to be able to run the ball, um, and, and that's actually the weakest part of Missouri's defense is their run defense. Uh, they're number 32 in success rate. They're number 52 in PPA per rush. I think Anthony Richardson will have some things up his sleeve for this and they'll be able to move the ball on the ground. I like Florida to cover the 11 here. So, I guess uh, go Gators. We'll see. We will see. Moving along, Purdue at Maryland. And the Terps are a three-point favorite. Of course, latest number over at BetUS. Uh, this is 12 p.m. Eastern Time game on the Big Ten Network. And I'm, I'm really intrigued in this one. I want to know what to expect from these teams. Uh, going to pull up the stats here. Uh, of course, going to tell you the trends. Maryland at 4-0 against the spread in their last four. Uh, of course, that's this season. Uh, but they are 2-5 against the spread in their last seven at home. Uh, Purdue is 10-4 against the spread in their last 14 against teams with a winning record. They, they tend to show up in these spots, and they did it last week with a win over Minnesota. I was a little surprised to see Purdue, after a big win in Minneapolis, come out as a dog at Maryland. However, this Maryland team has been impressive. You see a bunch of green on that screen, right? Green means good, red means bad. So I I look at this, and I, I, I'll i tell you this. I, I like Jeff Brom quite a bit. I don't trust Mike Loxley yet. I know that the offense is good, right? I mean, they're number 10 in field position. Uh, they've got a big advantage there. Uh, number 24 in points per scoring opportunity. They are... Uh, However, they're number 106 in scoring opportunities per game, and part of that has to do with their explosive rate, right? Uh, They are number 41 in passing explosiveness. Uh, They're number 59 in PPA per pass, number 34 in PPA per rush. Uh, But I like this this defense from Purdue. Like, they're number four in defensive PPA per drive. They find ways to stop people. Uh, Their offense has not been great. Uh, obviously, it hurts when you didn't have O'Connell out there, and he was hurt last week. So the offense couldn't do everything that they wanted to do. But the defense stood up to Minnesota. Uh, why wouldn't they be able to do the same thing here? So I don't necessarily trust Loxley. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to take Purdue to cover the three here. I think they can win the game outright. Uh, so I will certainly take the three here. Uh, which, by the way, these are not my official plays. The official plays are over at the BetUS College Football Show. Make sure that you go and check that out. Tuesdays and Wednesdays, we knock those out. Uh, subscribe to that channel. We're almost at 10,000 over there. Uh, if you're not subscribed over here, go ahead and subscribe over here as well because that helps out a ton for both of them. Uh, and the show, I mean this show, Winning Cures Everything, is brought to you by BetUS, so make sure that you check that out. So, uh, moving right along. Oh, yeah, Purdue to cover the three. Going ahead. Texas Tech heads to Stillwater to take on Oklahoma State. And the Cowboys are a nine-point favorite, of course, latest line at BetUS. Uh, it's 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time on FS1. I'm interested. I'm very interested because any game where Donovan Smith is a quarterback, uh, yeah, I, I think it could be tricky, right? This is the fifth game against a top 25 team that Texas Tech has already played this season. That's a lot. Uh now, you can look at it and be like, all right, well, they can't have anything left in the tank. Or you can say, well, they're really battle-tested. So, going to Stillwater isn't going to do anything to them. I guess I could understand that. Um, Texas Tech is 5-1 and one against the spread 
against Oklahoma State in their last six. Um, along with that, let's see, Texas Tech 7-1 and one against the spread following a spread loss. So the last eight times they have not covered, they followed it up uh, with a win in seven of those. Um, along with that, Oklahoma State 10-1-1 one one against the spread their last 12 against the Big 12. They had a big win against Baylor last week. Defense did some interesting things, but when I look at this team, I still got questions. Uh, a lot of that, like they had a kick return for a touchdown. Like obviously this means that they got playmakers. Mike Gundy is definitely letting it fly on offense again, where he had definitely calmed that down quite a bit over the past couple of years when he had uh, Knowles as the defense coordinator. Uh, Derek Mason is the defense coordinator now. Um, and the defense is, is good. I mean, number 54 in defensive PPA per drive. Uh, but there's there's still questions here. I mean, there's still things that uh, that you should look at. My number has this at Oklahoma State by eh, almost 8, 7.76. Uh, the line is at 9. It opened at 10. It's come down a little bit. Uh, both of these teams play fast. A lot of plays per game. The, uh, the total on this one sits at 68.5. I think it's going to get pointsy. I think it's going to be a little crazy. Like, Donovan Smith is the most high-variance player in the country, but I think that Spencer Sanders over his career has been just as high-variance. If you get a good Spencer Sanders, which is what we've gotten for the majority of this season, then you should be fine, and your offense is going to be explosive, etc. If you don't, you're going to be turning the ball over in your own territory, all kinds of things that would really make Joey McGuire happy. I will say that. So, I look at this... I think there's a chance this could be a pretty tight game. If I'm getting near double digits, yeah, I'm going to take the Red Raiders. I'll take Texas Tech plus nine here. Seems like the better play, the better uh, chance of happening is them keeping this within a touchdown. I like it. I absolutely like it. I mean, they lost by, what, nine last week? Yeah, I could see them losing by nine here. I could see them losing by a touchdown. So that's what I'm thinking. I think uh, Texas Tech plus the nine is the way that I'm going to go on this. Moving along, Auburn heads to Georgia. And the Bulldogs are a 29.5-point favorite latest line at BetUS. This one is interesting. It's 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time on CBS. And there's all kind of numbers that favor Georgia in this one. Um, They are, let's see, Auburn is 0-7 against the spread. Their last seven against Georgia. Uh, Auburn is 1-5 against the spread in their last six games overall. And on top of that, uh, Georgia is 1-5 against the spread in their last six at home. So the numbers sometimes get a little too out of whack. I don't think so here. Uh, Georgia has looked very pedestrian the past two weeks. Auburn has put up a fight in games where they actually thought they could win. And they did get a win over Missouri. But, I mean, it took every ounce of every bit of magic that they had inside of Jordan-Hare to be able to get that one. And then they come out and they score the first 17 points against LSU. Had the highest win rate probability, excuse me, the third highest win rate probability of a team that didn't win against LSU last week. Lost 21 to 17, should have won the game. And now they're going to Georgia after Georgia has come out looking kind of bad the last two weeks, lost their number one ranking, etc. Parker over in the Bet US show talks about Georgia being bored. I think that's possible. However, uh, I don't think they will be bored in this one. This is a rivalry. This one means something. I would I would go with Georgia to cover the 29 and a half here. I know that that's lost a little bit of value because that thing was at 28 not that long ago. Um, Georgia should be able to run the ball here. Their PPA per pass is number 48 in the country, and that's what Auburn is actually pretty good at uh at defending. They're number 24 in PPA per pass. The Auburn offense does nothing good. That They can't throw the ball well. They can't run the ball well. And you look at that against that Georgia defense. And I just, again, on these sheets, red is bad. Green is good. I don't know how Auburn hangs in this one. Um, I don't like betting these big numbers because you're banking on something to not be too crazy, Right? Like, you could end up with a backdoor cover very easily with something like that. You have to have Georgia actually care about the game, etc. I think they come out and treat this one kind of like that Oregon game. They come out firing on all cylinders. They're at home. It's a prime spot against a rival. I think they come out ready to bang. So, yeah, give me Georgia 
to cover the 29 and a half on that one. Moving along, Washington heads to Arizona State. Another Pac-12 game. Washington, of course, was, uh, is it safe to say, embarrassed in the Rose Bowl last week against UCLA? I mean, DTR just carved them up. Well, now you face a, uh, what's what's the best way to say it? I guess like a poor man's version of DTR in Emory Jones, who's not who's not quite as good. He's not as good at, at passing the ball. He's not as good at running the ball. But he does kind of some of the same things. Now, this team put up a fight against USC last week. Arizona State did. Uh, and now, Arizona State is a 14-point underdog at home with a total of 57. Uh, it's it, That's the latest line over at BetUS. And, yeah, 3.30 p.m. Eastern time on the Pac-12 network here. I'm looking at the trends, let's go on and pull up the uh, the stats so that you guys can see those. Interesting. Interesting indeed, of course. Uh, we have got Washington 0-7 in their last seven trips. So that's against the spread at Arizona State. Washington is 4-1 against the spread thus far this year. Of course, their first loss came last week. And, of course, Arizona State 5-0 against the spread in their last five at home against winning teams. Seems like a lot of points, right, 14? No, I don't think so. Uh, I think Washington had some guys that were dinged up on defense last week. Uh, I expect those guys to be back and actually looking pretty decent this week. No, their defense is not anything to write home about. They're number 71 in PPA per drive, or excuse me, 71 PPA per drive defense. Uh, but Arizona State's numbers are just putrid. I mean, they're just not good at all. Uh, they throw the ball nearly 57% of the time, and they're number 95 in PPA per pass. So, while you can maybe find some explosive plays against this Washington defense, I don't think they're going to be able to. Um, Because you see on this chart, that's all that they've got is explosive plays. I mean, it's... They got passing explosiveness. They got rushing explosiveness. They can maybe take advantage of some stuff that Washington does. But when you are not successful on a down-to-down basis, I don't trust you. I think Washington's offense, you scroll this thing down, look at Washington's offense here, you see all that green going up against that defense. Yeah, number 10 PPA per pass offense going up against the number 112 PPA per pass defense. Washington can take advantage of this game. Michael Penix should have a massive, massive game. Uh, I will take Washington to cover the 14. My line even shows it. Uh, Washington minus 18.61. I got like four points of value there. Yeah, I'm going to roll with it. So, give me Washington to cover 14 on this one. Go Huskies, I guess. (laughs) Ohio State at Michigan State. Uh, This one's one's interesting, right? Michigan State, a 27-point home underdog. And Mel Tucker uh, has seen better days, my friends, in East Lansing. Yikes on that one. Uh, the latest line, of course, is over at BetUS. Uh, it's 4 p.m. Eastern Time on ABC. Ohio State, a 27-point favorite. Ohio State is 5-0 and against the spread their last five against Michigan State. They took it personally back in 2015 when Michigan State came into their house and beat them and ended up going to the playoff. Uh, they are 7-3 and against the spread. Their last 10 against teams with a losing record. Michigan State, however, 7-1-2 and against the spread in their last 10 at home. Interesting. Interesting. That game last year where they got blown out by Ohio State was actually at the horseshoe. So, you look at some of these stats here, uh, which I didn't pull up on the screen and I probably should have. My apologies. Uh, I've got Ohio State by a lot. Michigan State is not a good football team. They're just not good at all. Uh, there's nothing that I can find where they have an advantage. Even the things that they're good at, uh, Ohio State's actually better. So, it, like, you think, all right, well, Michigan State's number 11 in average field position on offense. Well, that's great, unless you're playing the number two average field position defense. It's not not great. Uh, I just I can't find any way to keep Michigan State in this ballgame. And this isn't like a look-ahead spot for Ohio State. And the fact that Mel Tucker has been, you know, going out on the recruiting trail, etc., this is kind of one of those spots where I think that... <laughs> I think Ryan Day may run it up just to prove a point. That's what I'm, that's what I'm curious about. This is, Michigan State is a team that wants to start recruiting at the same level as Ohio State. 
And the way that you curb that is by going out and just whipping them in their own house. Uh, they're getting a lot of their weapons back this week, it feels like. They should be awesome. My number has this at 40, almost 41. Yeah. This this could be about as bad as it was last year. It's the number one PPA per pass offense against the number 118 PPA per pass defense. Whew. Yeah, boy. That's crazy. And this is over the last four weeks. It doesn't even include that, that week one game. So, yeah, this, is, uh, this could get bad. So, give me Ohio State to cover the 27 here. It's under four touchdowns. I know that we lost a bunch of value. I think this thing rose like three points. It, it just wasn't set at the right spot. Just wasn't. So, bottom line there. Moving along, we got four more that we're going to hit before we get out of here. Washington State heads to USC, and USC currently a 12.5-point favorite at home. Interesting, to say the least. Uh, looking at the trends here, uh... The road team in this matchup is 7-2 and two against the spread in the last nine. Uh, Washington State 4-0 against the spread in the last four games. They are 5-2 and two against the spread in their last seven road games, so they do travel pretty well. USC 2-5 against the spread in their last seven games against winning teams. Now, a good portion of that was against teams when Clay Helton was the coach. So, yeah, obviously things went south last year, and even the year before that they weren't very good. It, this team feels a little bit different, right? Um... My number on this is actually USC by almost 20, so 19.6. Uh, I don't I don't know how much to trust. I look at what Washington State is doing, and their defense could find ways to maybe slow down Caleb Williams in that bunch because I don't know that Caleb Williams in that bunch have really been tested all that well so far this year. Oregon State, of course, played them tough. And then went out the next week and just got bludgeoned by Utah. Uh, and you can say, oh, it's because they had four turnovers against Utah. But they had four turnovers against USC. And USC still had to claw back. Washington State is not intimidated by these guys. Uh, I'm, I'm curious about because the, the USC defense appears to be pretty real against the pass. I just don't know exactly who they've gone up against that is able to throw the ball the way that Cam Ward does. Cam Ward still high variance kind of guy. He can throw interceptions as well as touchdowns. It's you don't know exactly what you're going to get. And when you look at like turnover rate, yeah, uh, just terrifying, absolutely terrifying. Um, interceptions per game, uh, as far as the interception rate. Yeah, USC is number one in the country. 7.79% of the passes they defend, they end up intercepting. Uh, Washington State throws an interception on 4.64% of their pass attempts. So that's a way that this thing could get sideways. I mean, you're talking about the number one turnover margin team in the country against the number 100 turnover margin team in the country. That's where it could get tricky. I seem to believe, now I'm going against my number here, I'm going to take Washington State to cover the 12 and a half. I think they find a way to stay in this ball game, keep it close. Uh, I, this is a tight spot for USC. They got a big game next week against Utah. That's the one everybody's pointing at. Oh, it's just Wazoo. We're not going to worry with them. We'll be able to handle them. No problem. It could get tricky. It could get tricky. Ask Oregon about that. So, yeah, I will, I will ride with Washington State plus 12 and a half. Next on the board, South Carolina at Kentucky. Kentucky, a six-point favorite. Of course, latest line over at BetUS. This is uh, this is an interesting spot. Interesting spot. This line was at 11 and a half about three days ago. And now, I mean, we're not even close. We're, we're under a touchdown now. This thing has blown through key numbers. Um, South Carolina, one and eight against the spread their last night against Kentucky. Kentucky prides themselves on beating South Carolina. South Carolina is 0-4 against the spread on their last four road games. Kentucky, 6-1-1 against the spread in their last eight games. All of that hinges on Will Levis. Is Will Levis going to actually play in this game? Uh, Matt over at KSR at Kentucky Sports Radio just revealed on Wednesday night that, hey, looks like Will Levis is a game-time decision. Not sure exactly what's going on. Doesn't have to do with the finger. 
that was uh, that was hurt last week against Ole Miss. Uh, this is a, you know, game time decision. We'll see. I'm interested in this big time because I think Spencer Rattler could go in there and have a little bit of success. You look at what Kentucky does, uh, and and they can't run the football. I don't trust whoever the backup is. If you can't throw the football, this is a team that's number 120 in PPA per rush. That Even after Chris Rodriguez came back last week, I thought maybe he'd be able to help things because he gets a, you know yards after contact. That offensive line still cannot block for him. Like It's it's rough. The offensive line is number 107 in offensive line yards. They're number 118 in stuff rate allowed. Uh, and it's not that South Carolina is great at that. Like Don't get me wrong. But, man, um, the Kentucky defense, number 14 in PPA per pass. But they're number 97 in explosive passing rate allowed. And South Carolina's number four. I think South Carolina can find some ways to score the ball. I, I'm going to trust South Carolina to cover the six here because I think this could be a field goal game. I think it could be really, really tight. I didn't pull it up on the uh, on the screen, did I? Unbelievable. So, here's what I was talking about. Uh, PPA per pass on offense for Kentucky. Well, if you don't have Will Levis, I don't know how reliable that number is. My number on this already was Kentucky by a point. Not even a point. I mean, it was a really tight line anyway. Um, and when you look at the advantage here, the passing explosiveness for South Carolina. Number four versus number 97. That's something to pay attention to. Just saying. Uh, I think South Carolina can find ways to to score here. Uh, They're pretty good running the ball. Number six in PPA per rush over the last four weeks. Uh, Kentucky, you know, not great. Uh, Especially not great with rushing explosiveness. And Ole Miss took advantage of that. Uh, I like South Carolina here. I like South Carolina. I think that they'll be able to uh, stay in this ball game. I like them plus the six. I like them plus the 11 and a half. Uh, But yeah, it's dropped a lot. We lost a lot of value. That's okay. Still going to ride with South Carolina here. Moving right along, we got two more to hit. Write down the times. Iowa at Illinois. Illinois is a three and a half point favorite at home. Total of 36 and a half. <laughs> yes. It's two great defenses and two questionable offenses. Uh, and that's putting it nicely. I will say that. 7 30 p.m. Eastern Time on the Big Ten Network. Uh, let's go on and, and pull up the stats. Not going to forget to do that again. Good gracious. Uh, yeah, Iowa, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm still concerned about their offense. Uh, now, the question here, Illinois likes to play a lot of man defense. Spencer Peters hadn't been bad against man defenses. Uh, it's when you start throwing out zones where he doesn't really know what to do with the football. So maybe there's a chance that Iowa could actually put up some points. Um, an overplay might be all right here, but these are two very conservative coaches. Um, and let me let me read off the stats here. Let me read off the trends the road team is 4-0 against the spread the last four here. Iowa, 7-2-1 against the spread their last 10 on the road. Illinois, 7-0-1 against the spread in their last eight against winning teams. They show up in spots like this. Bielema just got a massive win at Wisconsin. I think he would like it just as much if he could get a win over Kirk Ferentz and that bunch. Uh, you know, he's an Iowa guy. Um... But I, I think I think I'm gonna trust Illinois here. Their offense is getting better. Number 54 PPA per pass. They're finding ways to get Tommy DeVito the ball out. But I don't think it's that. I think they're gonna end up with some short fields. Okay? Because I trust Illinois to not turn the football over. I don't trust Iowa to be able to do anything with the football. Uh, they are I mean not not great at all. And, and don't get me wrong, they don't turn the ball over a lot. Uh, but I think they, they can get stopped a lot. Their drives can get stopped. Uh, as far as scoring opportunities per game, they're number 106 in the country on offense, is Iowa. Uh, 4.25 scoring opportunities per game. They're number 108 in points per scoring opportunity. So they don't get many opportunities. And even when they do get opportunities, they don't score touchdowns. 3.18 is their average per scoring opportunity. Illinois' defense is number one in that metric. So if you're already bad, now you're going up against the best. That's pretty terrifying. My numbers got it at Illinois by double digits. Yeah, I'm going to ride it. 
Give me give me the fighting Brett Bielemas. I will take Illinois to cover three and a half. Let's go. Let's go Ryan Walters in that defense. That's what I'm talking about. All right, last game on the board. Oregon heads to Arizona, and the Ducks are a 13-and-a-half point favorite. Of course, latest line at BetUS. Oh, the trend's here. My goodness. This is a 9 p.m. Eastern time game on the Pac-12 Network. Oregon is 1-5 against the spread in their last six at Arizona. Now, obviously, different coaching staffs, all that good stuff. But it's still a trend. Still something to pay attention to. Oregon is 0-5 against the spread in their last five road games. Arizona, 5-1 against the spread in their last six at home. I like Jacob Cowing. I like what they're doing. Uh, Arizona's offense, their explosiveness, pretty good. Now, Oregon does defend explosive plays pretty well. Uh, But as far as PPA per pass, Oregon is number 89. Arizona is number 38. Something to pay attention to. A passing success rate, number 23 for Arizona. Oregon's defense, number 115. That is the one thing that they really do not do well. Now, when you look on the other side, this is where it could get out of hand. PPA per rush, Oregon is number one over the last four weeks. Uh, their rushing success rate is number two. Arizona's defense is putrid at it. I mean, they are so bad. Uh, you see the green and the red. It's just not good. Number 115 PPA per rush for Arizona. Number 126 in rushing success rate for Arizona's defense. Uh, field position, pretty average, pretty normal for both sides. Um, no real advantage. Yes, I know that my number has Oregon minus 18.65, but Bo Nix on the road throws picks. He just does. This thing could get squirrely. This is a Pac-12 after dark game. I think Arizona can stay in this thing. Yeah. Yes. A thousand percent yes. I don't think that strength of record is right. Number 115 for Arizona. When they've they've played the number 12 strength of schedule. Maybe I'm wrong. Regardless, I look at this. I think Arizona's got a chance to pull the upset here. Give me Arizona plus 13 and a half. Jaden DeLaura and Jacob Cowing will not be denied. That's how I view it. I mean, at number 115 in passing success rate is Oregon. Yeah, they're going to have some success against that Ducks defense. I'm going to take them. Give me Arizona plus 13 and a half. I like it. All right. It's time for us to get out of here. You guys have been absolutely magnificent. I certainly appreciate you all for being here. Go visit BetUS. Go subscribe to the BetUS College Football Show. All the links are in the description. Of course, the Surf Company. Go check out their link as well. I will have that in the description. Also, it's the Vault... Uh, Voltaire me. Uh, let me pull it back up. Voltamary. <laughs> I should know this stuff. And I'm telling you, I've got the shirts. I've worn the shirts. They're really, really comfortable. Really good shirts. Uh, super cool stuff. I mean, I've got my Tuscaloosa Surf Company shirts, and they're awesome. I'm gonna, I've got a link in the description. But remember the promo code. It's Gary Ten. Gary One Zero. Go ahead and check them out. Voltamary Surf Company. Uh, good stuff there. Good stuff from those dudes. I like them. I wouldn't talk about them if I didn't. So it's uh, it's pretty good stuff. Pretty good stuff. So go and check them out. So yeah, BetUS, Valtimary Surf Company. I'm excited about this weekend. I hope that you guys are as well. I think next week might start something a little new as far as the podcast is concerned. We'll see. Still going to have the same shows, obviously, but looking into possibly doing a college football news podcast every day. Just something quick, five to ten minutes, kind of like we did at the beginning of the show, where it's really just news. Now, you guys let me know if that sounds like a pretty interesting idea. I don't know that we'll put it on YouTube, but I have been looking for somewhere that actually curates all of the the news stories throughout the day for college football. I mean, there's injury news. There's uh, interesting articles that come out, etc. I can't find anybody else that's doing it. So if nobody else will do it, I'll curate all this stuff. I'll sit through and and find the news articles and find whatever the latest uh, news is, and I will put it together, and I will put it out there and make it anywhere from 5 to 15 minutes. No opinions, no nothing like that, just the news. Make it easy. So we'll see. Uh, You guys let me know if you you think that's a pretty decent idea, if you would like that in your podcast feed. So we'll we'll try it out next week, see 
see what the response is. And I'll wait to hear from you guys. If you haven't already, of course, the picks contest. Make sure that you go over to winningcureseverything.com. Click the contest link there. Very easy to do. There's also a link in the description. You can click that and enter the contest picks. Everybody, not everybody, the winner each week gets a $25 Amazon gift card and a $50 BetUS free play as long as you have an account over at BetUS. So make sure and get signed up for the picks contest. Uh, it's a year-long thing. You can play it every single week. We will have a big prize at the end for the winner uh, for the full year contest. So make sure that you sign up and that you are good to go there. With that said, I think that's it. We've gone over an hour. Didn't plan on that, but that's the way it goes. All right, you guys take care of yourself. Take care of each other. And hopefully, all of you take it to cash this week. Thanks for listening to Winning Cures Everything. Make sure and subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. And make sure to leave a nice five-star review. You can follow Gary on Twitter, at GaryWCE. And the show is at Winning Cures. Be sure to check out the merch in our web store and share the show.